Hey there, faithful listeners. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast. I am so excited that you're here and that you are tuning in on this lovely Tuesday morning. And thanks for giving me a uh, day off. It was very nice. It was nice to enjoy the weekend with my husband. He was home very briefly after being gone for quite a while. And then he had to leave again on Monday, but he's back now. He's back for quite a while. But anyway, let's go ahead and move into season six of the podcast. Oh, and by the way, I'm very sorry that I forgot to wish everybody, all you moms out there, a happy Mother's Day. So happy belated Mother's Day. I'm very sorry for forgetting to wish you guys a happy Mother's Day on the podcast. But I did do, well, rather my sister did a nice Facebook post for all you moms out there. Because <laughs> I totally forgot. But I did not forget my own mother. On Mother's Day, I went to go hang out with her. That wouldn't have been good if I had forgotten Mother's Day. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and read uh, John 16 verses 1 through 15 today to start out season six, nice and strong. And I'm going to be reading out the W.E.B. as I always do. Now go grab that cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning to enjoy while we're reading scripture together. And let's go ahead and delve into John chapter 16. Once again, this is verses 1 through 15 out of the W.E.B. I have said these things to you so that you wouldn't be caused to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time comes that whoever kills you will think that he offers a service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have told you these things so that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you about them. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have told you these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the counselor won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he has come, he will convict the world about sin, about righteousness and about judgment, about sin because they don't believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to my father and you won't see me anymore, about judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak from himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me, for he will take from what is mine and will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will declare it to you. Okay, so this portion is going to be really fun to talk about because this is talking a lot about prophecy or rather people who say that they've had prophecies about Jesus, like the spirits revealed this thingy to them or whatever. So this is going to be great to talk about. So much fun. Okay, to start out, though, Jesus says that basically all Christians are going to be persecuted and they're going to be persecuted by other people who claim God, actually. Now, these people who claim God are fake Christians, right? These are people who are like, yeah, I believe in God, but then they go out and persecute Christians who truly do believe in God and truly do believe in the Bible that these other Christians claim that they believe in. You can see this happening a lot now, actually, with people all over the place that are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I live this kind of lifestyle that is anti-Christian and I go to church and, you know, my um, pastor is totally cool with whatever lifestyle I'm living in and has never said anything about it. And I mean, this could be any number of things. This could be a sexual lifestyle. This could be uh, homosexuality, living with a, a partner who is not your husband or wife. This could be like addictions. This could be the whole movement going on right now where it's like, yeah, you know, you need to get like shrooms to be 
you know, close to Jesus, where this could be even uh, somebody who has like more new age ideologies and believe that they are God. So, I mean, this could be any number of things, any number of people out there claiming Christianity that hold on to these ideologies that are anti-Christian and anti-biblical. And then they go to these churches that affirm these anti-biblical things. These are the Christians, quote unquote, Christians who are going to persecute people who are true Christians who believe in the scriptures completely. And you can see this happening now. Like I said, you can see a whole bunch of people who are claiming Christianity for themselves or rather identifying as Christians, but not actually following through and truly living that Christian lifestyle according to scripture. They often get very angry at other people who are truly trying to follow the Bible. And this is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time will come that whoever kills you will think that he offers service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. So see, you can see there that Jesus says that these quote unquote Christians or identifying Christians are going to claim God as their own by going out and persecuting other Christians. You can see that this happened very quickly after this with Paul, or rather Saul, who was a Pharisee who went around uh, convicting Christians, early Christians, um, and sentencing them possibly to death in some cases and, and throwing them in jail and prison and persecuting them very greatly. This only happened years after Jesus ascended into heaven. And then, of course, you know that um, Saul saw Jesus <laughs> in a vision and he was blinded and Saul became Paul and converted to Christianity himself. And Paul became like the the pinnacle of the early church, basically. After Paul had his transformation, he went around and started churches all over the place, all over Gentile regions. So yeah, this came true very, very quickly after Jesus said these words. But nowadays, it's not so much, you know, people going out and like persecuting Christians by like trying to kill them or put them in prison or burning their houses down or whatever. It's more of trying to shut them down, trying to cancel them is the new word right now and or the hot word, I guess, and just trying to not allow their message to be spread to more people. And you can see that these people who do this are a lot of times they claim God, they claim Christianity um, for themselves. And they say like, yeah, we totally follow God, but then they totally rewrite the Bible and twist it to whatever they want it to be. And then say that other Christians who actually follow the Bible, they say that, oh, that Bible is outdated. It's ancient. It's, you know, it's it's intolerant. And then they somehow totally throw the Bible <laughs> out the window, the one book that they claim that they actually follow. And so then they shut down Christians by saying, like, you aren't loving because you don't follow, you know, my ideologies. You don't affirm my ideologies. You affirm the Bible. And that's unloving. So you can actually see how hypocritical it really is because these Christians that claim to be Christians and say that they believe in God don't follow any of God's teachings whatsoever. But Jesus says that's because they're going to do these things because they have not known the Father nor me, even though they say that they do. They don't actually know Jesus and they certainly don't know the Father. But I have told you these things in verse four, so that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you about them. 
I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me and none of you asks me, where are you going? So Peter and Thomas, I believe it was, did ask Jesus where he was going. But just in the chapter before this, in John 15, we briefly covered how Jesus said that he was going to the Father. And all of a sudden, the disciples no longer wanted to know where Jesus was going. They didn't ask him anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jesus gave them the answer. I'm going back to my father who sent me. And now Jesus says to his disciples, look, the second I tell you where I'm going, you're no longer interested. You don't want to know anymore. Instead, here's what it says in verse six. Because I have told you these things, sorrow has filled your heart. So as soon as the disciples heard that Jesus was going back to the Father, their hearts were like filled with distress and with sorrow. And I mean, it makes sense because in some ways, because they loved Jesus, Jesus was their teacher, they relied on Jesus for pretty much everything. And so it would be very disheartening to hear that Jesus was leaving. The disciples were distressed about that. And so now they're, they're no longer asking Jesus questions about where he's going because they didn't actually like the answer Jesus gave them. They were expecting Jesus, you know, to be going off to like some far place or go to the Gentile regions or something like that. I don't think they expected Jesus to be basically going back to the father who sent him. And instead of asking Jesus more about it, this sorrow just filled their hearts. They were just like sick about it. And Jesus calls them out. He says, you're not asking me anymore. Where are you going? Because I've told you these things and now sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, what I tell you is the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. You know, I think even people nowadays are like, man, I just wish that I had Jesus like here on earth. I, I can honestly say I've I've thought this. I have thought like it would be so cool if Jesus were still here, like on earth, and I could go to him and ask him questions and like receive healing from Jesus and all this stuff. And I'm sure many of you listening in to the podcast have probably thought the same thing because it would be really cool. But the fact of the matter is Jesus says it's to our advantage that he goes away. So if Jesus says it's to our advantage, we have to believe that because everything that Jesus says is the truth. So in a sense, even though I guess we can wish for Jesus's second return, and in fact, Jesus says to pray for it, you know, God's kingdom come. It doesn't mean that we should be unthankful for what we have now and even be like wishing for Jesus to be like, here on earth so that he can heal all of our pain and suffering and whatever else. Because right now, instead of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says it's actually advantageous for us that the Holy Spirit comes. So why? <laughs> why is it better to have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus like living here on earth with us? It's because the Holy Spirit is going to be living inside of us. Like literally God's spirit would come and make his home in us. So if you believe in Jesus and if you accept the teachings of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and literally resides in you, like comes and lives in you. We are now called the temple of God because back in Jesus's day, the Holy Spirit only lived in the temple. That was where the, the Holy Spirit lived. He lived behind the curtain in the temple. So when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain 
was torn from top to bottom, which means that God literally reached down and tore that curtain. And if you guys remember anything about the building of the temple, where we talked about that in uh, Exodus, the curtain was huge. It was so thick and so huge. There was no possible way, like literally no possible way that any human being could tear that curtain. Not to mention it was tall. Even if a person could tear through that curtain, which it couldn't happen, but even if it could, that person would have to tear it from bottom to top because the curtain was so tall. So it was actually God that literally reached down out of heaven and tore that curtain from top to bottom. And when he did that, that was signifying that the Holy Spirit no longer resided behind that curtain in the temple. And instead of the physical temple, the Holy Spirit went out and decided to reside in each one of us who accepted Jesus as our Savior. So now the Holy Spirit doesn't reside in the temple. He resides in you and you are called the new temple of the Holy Spirit, right? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this is advantageous for us because Jesus walked alongside us. We had God here on earth, like alongside us, Jesus. But now we have God living inside of us. There's a verse that says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now the power that is living inside of each of us. So think about how cool that is. We have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, living inside of each one of us. So does this mean that we are God because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us? No. <laughs> we are sinful human beings who need a savior. And the Holy Spirit does not reside in each human being. He only resides in the people that decide and understand and know that they need a savior the people who accept Jesus as their savior. So just because the Holy Spirit is gracious enough and kind enough to come and live in each one of us, that doesn't mean that we become gods. All that means is that God is so kind, that the Holy Spirit is so kind and so gracious that he decides to allow us to be his new home. And the reason the Holy Spirit does this, here's what Jesus says. When he has come, he will convict the world about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. About sin because they don't believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to my Father and you won't see me anymore. About judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. So the Holy Spirit played a huge and pivotal role for helping the New Testament to be written. Or rather, the entire scripture. The entire scriptures actually are inspired word of God, right? But the Holy Spirit taught us about Jesus. He allowed the disciples to remember the prophecies. He allowed John, the disciple, to write the book of John after Jesus ascended back into heaven. He allowed every single disciple to remember things that Jesus said, to write these things down, and to spread the gospel to everybody. The gospel of sin and repentance the gospel about righteousness and how we become righteousness when we accept Jesus as our savior and how we have to cast off that sin that we used to live in, you know, and become a new creation like Paul talks about. Now, it doesn't mean we're never going to sin again. 
we're still human beings. And I mean, the Holy Spirit is gracious to live inside of us, even though we are sinners, right? But also the Holy Spirit convicts about judgment because Satan is judged. And anybody who follows Satan is going to be judged as well. And this isn't a fun judgment. This is the judgment at the end times when Jesus returns as a righteous judge that is ready to dole out punishment towards anybody who was following Satan. So the Holy Spirit comes to convict of these things. And he comes to speak through us vessels, the, uh, the gospel, basically. And this is why it was advantageous for us that Jesus return up into heaven. Not to mention one other reason. I know this podcast is already getting pretty long and I haven't mentioned this next part yet. But the other reason was that we worship God through faith. We would be trusting in what we can see through Jesus rather than through what we don't see. And I mean, what does Jesus say about that? He says, blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. So that is why it was to our advantage that Jesus ascends back up into heaven and the Holy Spirit comes to us. Then in verse 12 through 15 to conclude, I still have th uh, many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. This is why truth is so important. For he will not speak from himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are coming. So in a sense, the Holy Spirit is a mouthpiece of Jesus. <laughs> so the way it kind of works is that the, the father spoke to Jesus and Jesus spoke everything that the father told him to speak when Jesus came down to earth. And Jesus said this multiple times. He said, I don't speak anything by myself. I speak whatever the father tells me to speak. But now the Holy Spirit is going to speak whatever Jesus tells him to speak. It says here, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me, for he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. So this is what I was saying at the beginning of this episode here when <laughs> I said that this was kind of talking about like the YouTube prophets and stuff like that. Like all these people are like, I have a special word from the spirit and then they say whatever crazy thing that uh, the spirit apparently has said to them but if it does not include jesus then is it a prophecy and i'm just going to ask you that question now <laughs> because it says here that the spirit has to speak and will only speak whatever glorifies jesus so if these prophets are like yeah you know i had this special word from the spirit but it doesn't include repentance of sins. It doesn't include uh, any mention of Christ at all. Is it a prophecy? You can even see in Revelation, every single prophecy that John said about the end times pretty much included something having to do with Jesus. If, you, if you'll notice that. Like just read the book of Revelation. Jesus is all over it. He's everywhere. He's the only one that's worthy to open the scroll. He's the Lion of Judah that's mentioned. He is the one that's coming back again. So Jesus is all over Revelations. <laughs> He's everywhere in it. So prophecy must include Jesus in some way or another. And Jesus kind of says that here 
He will glorify me. The Holy Spirit's going to glorify Jesus for he will take from what is Jesus, Jesus's and declare it to us. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit's main purpose is to glorify Jesus. Anything outside of that is not of the Holy Spirit. If it's glorifying self, it's not of the Holy Spirit. If it's glorifying, you know, nature, it is not of the Holy Spirit. It has to glorify Jesus and Jesus alone. And that's how you're going to know if a prophecy is true or not. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this first episode of season six. It was quite fun for me to do, I thought. But if you haven't uh, checked out the YouTube channel yet, go over and do that because episode two, or rather part two of my sister and my brother-in-law's story of their escape from the IFB denomination church is now up. The first one was really good. A lot of people were like, I can't wait for episode two of it. And in my opinion, part two gets really saucy. It's pretty interesting to me. (laughs) So check that out. That is linked in the description of this episode. And while you're over on YouTube, you might as well subscribe because there is special content that only goes on YouTube for you guys. I am not putting that any of that on the podcast. So I recommend all of you guys that listen into the podcast going over to the YouTube page. There is content there that you're not going to find here on the podcast. And also my podcast episodes, the really early ones are currently going up on YouTube also. So you can uh, you can check out all of those as well over on YouTube if you haven't listened into the old episodes for a while. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in on this lovely Tuesday. I will see you guys tomorrow for the first episode of Joshua. Happy listening and God bless. Bye.